right, hey everybody, Matt with the Power Sports Memorabilia Show. Thank you again for joining me. Always appreciate it. If you guys can, please visit the website powersportsmemorabilia.com or give me a follow over there on Instagram at Powers Autographs. I'm sure you guys are getting tired of me saying that. I'm getting tired of saying it too. No. <laughs> It's always good to say that so people know where to find all this information out here. Uh, Today, we're going to get right into it here. We're going to be talking sports cards, specifically how to invest in sports cards. As many of you uh, follow me on the social media channels, you know I've gotten back into cards. So this uh, episode here is going to be from my perspective of someone who's been out of the cards for a while and then is kind of getting back into it. So we're going to talk about a couple different things uh, as far as kind of the history of cards, kind of what changed, why are they so valuable nowadays. We're going to talk a little bit about authentication, uh, where to buy cards. Seems like a simple question, but it's worth kind of going over. Uh, Which company of cards to buy, and then also maybe some specific cards and players to pick up. So maybe give you a little bit of investing tips, I guess, on that front. It is uh, April 4th, 2020, of course, and a lot has changed in the world world, and also uh, the sports cards market, too, So, uh, with the whole uh, coronavirus stuff going on. So, um, But you know what? I've seen still a very strong market in uh, memorabilia-wise, for sure, and then also in the the card market, too. So it looks like things are are doing pretty well. So let's start off real quick with kind of what changed. You know, in this card market here, you know, I grew up in the 1980s and I always used to love going, of course, to the local card shop where I would pick up packs of whatever it was, Fleer baseball cards, top baseball cards, uh, basketball cards, etc. And what happened was in the 1980s, they started really, and even a little bit into the 90s, they started overproducing these cards, okay? They just weren't as exotic. There was no limited edition runs. There, I mean, I think the autograph cards didn't really start until the 90s. So it just really overproduced these cards, and the market just absolutely tanked. So what changed was the uh, these trading card companies started getting smart here, and they started putting autograph packs and uh, autograph cards in the packs. They started creating limited edition pieces. Also, you'll hear this term refractors, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that here, but a refractor is basically a trading card that has a reflective coating on it, displays kind of like a rainbow color at a specific angle. Uh, so those are super, super popular among collectors. Uh, some of them actually been <laughs> going for some really, really big bucks. A uh, Obviously with Kobe's death uh, <clears throat> just a, a few months ago, a 1996 Topps Chrome Refractor, a PSA 10 one recently sold for 60 grand. 60 grand. I mean, in, in America, in most counties, you can buy a house for 60 grand. So these things are going for big, big bucks. A, a LeBron James patch card. Okay, These are uh, cards that actually have a piece of the jersey in the card. This one sold for $124,000. So just an incredible, incredible amount of money. You know, and trading card uh, companies and also breakers too. You know, breakers, those are the ones that basically break all these boxes open for collectors. Collectors will pick certain teams or whatnot. They have done a great job of creating a whole bunch of buzz around this market here. So the trading card companies have done a good job. And then also, of course, the breakers and then uh, other memorabilia companies have really been hyping this stuff up here. And it's really been driving the market uh, lately. So uh, let's talk a little bit about authentication. So there are essentially, there are, there are companies out there that will do grading for 
your uh, sports cards. Okay, and there are essentially two main ones. There's there's a third one here, but we're literally going to talk about two of them because they hold the most value. Okay, and then, of course I'm talking about PSA DNA, and I'm also talking about Beckett Authentication Services, also known as BAS. Uh, so essentially, if you pull a card from a pack, whether it's autographed or not autographed, and you want to get it graded or authenticated, these two companies will do it for you. And uh, in my experience, it looks like, and just this is just going off of what most people are using, and then also the values that certain cards are bringing. But it seems like a P, like PSA is uh, holding a higher value than than Beckett in in most cards. So that's just been what I've been seeing here. Uh, you know, when, when you send it in, you're going to get the card graded. Of course, it's on a scale of 10. And according to PSA's own site here, a Gem Mint 10, which is the highest grade that you could possibly get, is virtually a perfect card. Um, <clears throat> attributes include four perfectly sharp corners, sharp focus, and full original gloss. A PSA Gem Mint 10 card must be free of staining of any kind. But an allowance may be made for a slight printing imperfection if it doesn't impair the overall appear, appeal of the card. Uh, and another popular rating besides a PSA 10 would be a BGS 9.5, which is very similar to a uh, PSA 10. For example, a uh, BGS 9.5 Jordan Fleer rookie card recently sold for $84,000. Woo! That's a lot of money. So... Uh, so if you're looking to invest in cards, there's, there's essentially two ways when it comes to the authentication. Okay. You can either buy them already authenticated, which is a, a lot of people prefer to do that. So they know the type of grade that they have, or what you can do is you can open them up from packs or buy them raw, meaning raw is, is essentially ungraded. And then you can pay the authentication fee and then, you know, potentially resell it later on for a higher value. That's typically what I've seen. Actually, I've seen both ways, but I see a lot of people that are buying stuff raw because they're getting a really good deal on grading. Only problem that I've seen people run into is PSA DNA's backlog on these cards. I've seen people take up to six months to get a card back, and that's a long time to invest in a card. You buy something raw, you paid a certain amount of money for it, and then now you're going to go get it graded, Sitting on something for six months, a lot of people don't have that flexibility. So people have been buying them already graded, ready to go. And again, that way you know exactly what you're getting, but also it's ready to sell if you are going to choose to sell it and not uh, hold on to it. So uh, <clears throat> and let's talk a little bit about you know where to buy sports cards. Obviously, eBay is a popular choice for a lot of people. Uh, Facebook groups are a good option. There are specific ones out there. Uh, for certain types of cards that you can follow. For example, uh, Optic has another, a, a really good one. Uh, Panini Prism has another good one too. So you can find those out there. That's a great place to buy uh, sports, uh, sports cards. StockX, I'm sure you guys have heard of them. They're mainly, well, they started off with basically shoes, uh, but they've really taken a liking to this card market and you can buy single cards on there. You can buy boxes on there and they've got uh, you know very good comparable prices. And then, of course, you've got your local sports cards, uh, sports card shop, and that's really where I would probably start. And the reason being is these people that own these shops are very, very knowledgeable about the market. And there's something to be said for going in, in person, face-to-face -face with someone else, asking questions, being able to see the card, hold the card in front of you, and being able to talk it out with the owner. There, You know, hey, is this a good value on this? Is this something worth investing in? What would you do? And there's really not a price that you can put on that. So definitely going to your local card shop if you have one 
is definitely a good way to start if you aren't very familiar with the market. Plus, you can run into other collectors there, too, and get their opinion on things and um, you know, hopefully build out your network that way. Uh, moving on here, let's talk a little bit about the different types of cards that you can buy and different types of brands out there. Uh, you know, there's really, there's a bunch that I'm not going to mention here. I'm just, this is just going to be a brief, brief overview here. But of course you've got Leaf, you've got Fleer, Donruss, uh, you got Panini, uh, Upper Deck, uh, Tops is of course as well, a Bowman who Tops also owns. So there's just a bunch of different variety out there of different cards that you can do. Certain, um, companies will specialize in, or do better cards, I guess I could say in certain sports. For example, Panini is really known for, they do good football, but really known for basketball right now. And of course, Tops is known for baseball. Uh, football, you know, football is a booming card market, don't get me wrong. But really, in what I've seen lately, and football is really kind of d- done mostly around Patrick Holmes. It seems like he's the highest selling card his rookies have been when I was doing research for this. It's just crazy. You look at like the top 20 cards that I've sold, like 18 of them are Patrick Mahomes. So he is obviously well warranted to be up there. But so if you're looking for football cards, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the way to go. But it seems like baseball and basketball have really had kind of record sales. I mentioned a couple of them earlier. Obviously, cards like Zion Williamson have been going crazy. LeBron rookie cards have come back. Uh, Jeter, of course, with his Hall of Fame induction. And then obviously Kobe with, uh, you know, the recent death there. Seen a big jump in the card market. And Lamar Jackson, too, a little bit. So, uh, you know, when you start your collection, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly fun to open up packs of cards. And oftentimes, you know, that is re- people really, really want to do. They want to open up some boxes or some cards with some friends. I've done it. It's super fun. There's the moment of like, oh, am I going to get that Zion autograph card or Zion rookie card? And that's really what collecting is all about, really, is the, f- the, the fun aspect of it totally get that that's definitely cool but it's not the best way to kind of build your collection really buying the exact card that you want is the way to get your collection built up because you can get that exact one you want you know the grade that you want or you can buy it ungraded that is the easiest way to help build up your collection and that way you kind of keep your costs in line you know when you're buying boxes and boxes and boxes and stuff you're not hitting stuff all the time you're hitting stuff very very rarely and, you know, just like gambling, man, you know, the house always wins. So I would definitely maybe limit your box purchases, uh, try to keep those as inexpensive as possible, you know, have a little bit of fun. But for your collection, definitely sp- stick to um, buying that specific card. That's definitely what my experience has been lately because I started off with the boxes and didn't really hit anything. Although it was super fun, didn't hit anything. So I've just been buying mainly raw cards lately and, and getting them graded. So, uh which cards and players to invest in? This is kind of the million dollar question. This is where a lot of experience comes in. This is where, you know, obviously knowledge and your ability to know the market. Okay. So this, all those things that I just mentioned, those take time. So definitely like Gary V talked a little bit about this too, when getting back in the cards is take your time, you know, spend a few hours and spend a few, a lot of hours (laughs) Take around, uh, look around at the history of these cards. What are they selling for? What's selling? You really got to familiarize yourself with the market here. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna touch on a little bit here for you, uh, mainly with basketball, just because that's what I've seen is what people are really really into lately, and rightfully so. The NBA is just doing a great job 
lately with the with their marketing, of course, with the you know, young stars that they have there. Players such as Luka, Luka Doncic, uh, Zion Williamson, John Morant have you know crazy card prices on some stuff, and of course, LeBron James rookie cards have kind of come back up. Uh, a a Doncic Panini contenders, a cracked ice one. Okay, this one just recently sold for over eighteen thousand dollars. I mean. Jeez, a Zion Panini Optic, this was a PSA 10, went for $43,000, $43,000. Again, that's potentially a, a not a great house, but it's a house in most counties in America. So uh, big collectors out there buying this stuff. Of course, not just collectors from America. I mean, they have collectors from China, Japan, collectors really all over the world are picking stuff up like this. In fact, a, a friend of mine here locally who owns a, a shop was telling me that he had a Zion that got pulled from a pack, and within an hour, he had it posted somewhere. I forget exactly where he said. A collector from China called him and offered him like a, a grand above what he was asking for. I think it was, I want to say it was 28000 or some, somewhere around there. It was a high 20s, and he ended up just wiring him the money for it. You know, Of course, with wires, you've got zero recourse in case you don't get the card or whatnot, but obviously this guy's trustworthy, and he sent it out to him, and uh, I thought that was just crazy interesting how a collector from China would just send $28,000 to some random American he doesn't know for a Zion card. So that's what collectors want, man, and, and they're willing to pay a big price for stuff like that. Uh, Panini, of course, I touched on that as the star of basketball. That you know, Prism and Optic are the two kind of styles of cards. Uh, Optic's technically Donruss, but Panini owns Donruss. With with cards, yes, the, the, the patch cards and rookie and... Um, Autograph cards definitely hold a, a high value, but it seems rookie cards are, of course, the way to go. And a rookie card, you'll see it has on the recent ones, it'll have the RC on the front. You have your base rookie cards, which are just kind of your generic cards. They don't have anything special added to them. They are the cheapest out there, but they do have some value. For example, Zion, Panini, uh, Prism base cards. Those ones raw have been selling for somewhere around 150 or so. Uh, and then graded, they're, uh, I think, 300-plus, if I'm not mistaken, so depending on what the grade is. So uh, you can get refractor ones. You can get limited edition ones for the rookie cards. Obviously, those ones are going to hold a much more significant value, but, of course, they, they, they cost more for you to get into them. But if you are unfamiliar with the market or just kind of getting back into it, really the base rookie cards for the higher-end players, like guys like Zion and Jaw, are the ones, and Luca too, are the ones that are going to hold the most value. You've seen uh, Gary Vee has touched on this too. You've seen with Giannis, his uh, his rookie cards have just been going up and up and up. Luca's cards have been going up and up and up. And, you know, the specialty ones, of course, but the base ones as well. So uh, there's nothing to be uh, shamed about with the, with the base ones. Uh, so, again, some of the higher-end types of cards are going to be the autograph ones. These are pack-pulled ones that are already signed. Patch ones, I touched on that with LeBron James. Uh, limited edition, uh, refractor ones, including vintage ones too, are also going to be some of your quote higher end cards. Uh, for example, the old LeBron rookie cards, and of course uh, Michael Jordan, which we touched on earlier. So, what are the best basketball players to get? You know, just based off the research on on what I've done here on the highest selling ones. You know, as far as the cost on a, on a particular card, Giannis, we mentioned him, Luca, LeBron, Trey Young. Kobe, John Morant, Zion, and of course, Michael Jordan. If you want to swing over to the baseball players to get, again, here's a couple good ones here. Derek Jeter, uh, Trout, Acuna, 
And of course, uh, Mickey Mantle is a good uh, vintage one to pick up. There's some really good prospects out there too. Uh, you know, Wander Franco is kind of one that comes to mind. Football players, really, this starts off and ends with Patrick Mahomes. He is really the main one to get right now. If you can find good stuff on him at a decent price, his future just seems unlimited. And he's already proven that his cards can sell for a high price. It's not just obviously Chiefs fans that are picking up on him, football collectors, football fans, and just sports fans in general. So he's got a very, very wide reach. Tom Brady's another good one. He just kind of had a nice little spike there when he switched over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, I did not see that coming. I thought for sure he was going to go to the Raiders. That just kind of seems to be a logical kind of, you know, I think he lives in the L.A. area, if I'm not mistaken, or has a house there. So you could just fly easy back and forth to, to Vegas. But, hey, down in Florida, man, no income tax, save a little bit of money. I, I mean, I don't know how good their team's going to be, but that's going to be a real interesting season to watch. And then uh, Joe Montana, rookie cards are really good. And then Lamar Jackson, of course, winning the MVP just this past year. So that's just kind of a brief overview here. I say brief, but I kind of went long with this talk here. But I try to get as much information as I can into you guys, as simple as I can here. And that's just coming from a perspective of someone who is just getting back into the card game. There are people in the card game that are way more knowledgeable than me. But I figure if I talk to you guys on on my level and kind of where I'm at, maybe this will help you understand the market a little bit better. If you guys have questions on stuff like this, you know, certainly reach out to me. Uh, and if I don't know the answer to it, I can put you in touch with some of the, the card people that I know that are uh, a little bit better at this than me. But again, this is just kind of what I've seen here based on my you know knowledge getting back into the last few months and then some of the research I've been doing here. But hopefully it helps you guys out. Again, if you reach out to me on Instagram if you guys got any questions, at Powers Autographs. And, of course, uh, visit the website over there at uh, powersportsmemorabilia.com. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you on the next one.